This episode is brought to you by Avast, global leaders in digital security for network operators. We can build a safer digital world for your customers and their families. Discover more at avast.com slash partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot com slash partners. Hi, and welcome to a big 5G recap podcast or video, however you're watching this. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm the editor-in-chief of Light Reading, and joining me is uh, Mike Dano, our editorial director for all things 5G. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what your real title is, but I think that, I that's that close, enough. close enough. I'm going to wave for the video people, but a podcast that's people right. imagine I'm waving. Let's acknowledge our, our multimedia-ness at this yes. moment. <laughs> um, so we're, we're wrapping up the big 5G event, um, which happened uh, uh, this week, uh, the 22nd through the 24th. And um, virtually, uh, you know, since we couldn't all be in one place, um, interesting uh, event because we heard from you know big carriers we heard from T-Mobile, AT&T, Telus and and several others uh, uh, you know we heard from other companies that are kind of specialist in spaces like Boingo and um, I guess the the first big news that came out of this um, was uh, the the continued uh, progress on standalone 5G and and what that sort of unlocks for everybody. Um, Mike, you started out the week with a story um, from AT, uh, about AT&T's, um, I guess, uh, news that they were going to uh, actually start standalone 5G this year. We had had mm-hmm. them at, on a slightly different timeline before, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the, that was the big takeaway headline for me from that, from that day of the show. Cause uh, I think AT&T used that event to disclose their, standalone launch plans and, uh, you know, huge shocker, their standalone launch plans are literally exactly the same as Verizon's, uh, (laughs) plans. It was, you know, they, they're doing the exact same thing, which is not a surprise. They're using the, probably the same kind of suppliers who are operating at the same pace. You know, it's just, I wouldn't say any of it was a surprise, but it was, you know, we, we got some detail from AT&T on there standalone launch plans. And, you know, that's important for 5G, uh, for sure. Cause the standalone, standalone, some people call standalone real 5G. I'm not, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't agree <laughs> with that. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a 5G or version of 5G. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, way more 5G. It's, it's way more 5G than the yeah, other 5G. We were just, we were <laughs> it's double the five, triple maybe. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the real, what's interesting is I, I didn't get, you know, in talking to Neville Ray at T-Mobile and, and, uh, and Egal Elbaz at, uh, AT&T and other people in, in the, in the comment sections and stuff like that of the, of the, you know, virtual event platform. The one thing I never really got to was, uh, okay, specifically, what is this going to unlock for me or for a business, you know, in my, in my community or something like that? Those answers are always, you know, kind of vague that they go, they go back to the reach of the connectivity. Hey, this, this goes, we can serve more people per cell tower. Now it can reach a lot farther. It can go deeper into buildings. Um, and like you said, yeah, the upstream is not, uh, no, no part of it is tied to the old 4G infrastructure. So there's a, an efficiency gain there, um, which all sounds great. 
uh, now what are we going to do with it again? Yeah, I just, exactly. I, That's, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I think it may be just the, uh, the general negativity of this fall season and uh, you know, all, the, all the external stuff going on. And here we are virtual and, you know, the big 5G is virtual. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take a, a, I'm trying not to be too negative, but I mean, here we are with, we, we're talking about standalone 5G and yeah, the benefits are, you know, are, are vague, are decidedly vague. And actually, you know, I got to say with the standalone 5G, you know, I, we, we dug into it when T-Mobile first launched it in August and mm -hmm. it's out, you know, it definitely increases the range of T-Mobile service because they don't need, you know, they don't need the 4G signal to make a 5G connection. Well, it's right. out that, you know, they're only actually connecting to standalone in very small parts of the country where they don't have 4G because they they want to use 4G because it's a better experience right now than, right. than 5G is. So when they talk about a nationwide launch of standalone 5G, what they're saying is that we're just going to connect a few customers in these rural areas to 5G because that's where the 4G isn't great. That's actually how it works. And so when they talk about right. range... What they just mean is that, you know, it's 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 a little bit better uh, than the 4G network in only a small number of areas. And I'm sure that AT&T's launch is going to be the same. So, uh, you know, the reality is uh, a little a little less exciting than than the, the vague, big pronouncements. Right. Yeah, they, they, they're because they, they, it's just not it's just not going to make headlines to say for most people, most <laughs> yeah. of the time, you should probably stay on 4G actually. Months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if consistency is what you're after, don't <laughs> don't change a thing, you right. know, which is kind of good advice, no matter what field you're talking about. Exactly. But yeah. It, it's uh, but yeah, for those people chasing the high of, you know, speed test and I got a new phone. Now I need to justify it by downloading something fast. It, awesome. That's great. Um, I, I think this will like, you know, uh, uh, Dario Talmacio from o, uh, Omdia was saying, I almost said Ovum. Sorry. Sorry, corporate parents. Please don't <laughs> don't execute me. Yeah. Um, that. <laughs> what the uh, Omdia analysts were saying is, you know, they're they're looking at all of this stuff with interest for the enterprise market. This does, you know, at least allow developers to really get busy on specific enterprise applications and different, you know, in, in manufacturing and stuff like that. But they're probably not paying nearly as much attention to it in the consumer market until they hear an iPhone uh, announcement. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, I think and that's start for sure. seeing an, an yeah. iPhone shipping will be kind of the start of this for, for real. Probably. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, it, it may lay, land with a dull thud instead of a big, you know, explosion, the iPhone. So I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's I mean, true that's... that, you know, the standalone does give you a lot more options and you can do a lot of different things with it, paves the way for network slicing, that kind of stuff. So yeah. But in the meantime, I think uh, uh, it's just another step. And so once you take that step, it's, you know, the question is, what's the next one? And, and right. Yeah. That's yeah. the, it's the incremental nature of this whole thing. That's yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, now we're back to moving and in telecom terms. <laughs> it's like, yes, and, exactly. You know, and, and, and the, the gentleman from AT&T brought up a good point, which was, you know, he was, he was trying not to sound apologetic, but it was sort of like, uh, yeah, well, you know, some of this stuff's hard to, hard to gauge exactly when you're going to see a benefit because every other piece of the network has to be improved right along with it at exactly the same time. And so that's both a nice comfy fallback for not promising anything, but it's also, 
a technical reality that he's acknowledging, which is, hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, this is this is changing every piece of the network. So every piece of the network has to change for it to take that big incremental step forward. Right. Um, I'm glad so, I don't have that job. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I think I think once we get, you know, specific applications in you know, in some vertical that we're all close to, like maybe healthcare or maybe, you know, manufacturing or something like that. When we start seeing the, the, uh, that stuff demonstrated in a more, uh, real way, you know, where products are going to market that couldn't go to market otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, with, without 5g, you know, this week I, I was, think- uh, I saw the, the, one of the things that I think I, I uh, a development this week that I thought was, uh, particularly noteworthy was that Verizon turned on a few more edge computing sites uh, under the mm-hmm. with uh, Amazon. And they also right. did some of the users of those sites and what they're doing. Um, you yeah. know, it's, I don't know, it's VR, it's, it's other things, but you know, it was an example of like, Hey, here's somebody who's actually doing something with some of this stuff that we've been talking about forever. And so that, uh, you know, that was, that was good to see. Yeah. I, I particularly like that. I think it was like their first cities were like Boston and somewhere else, but it's like that whole idea of, uh, of having developers access the, you know, stay on the mobile network and access the low latency, you know, uh, capability, and then be able to kind of, maybe that helps them unlock some ideas on, well, now what could I do with this? You know, if I, if I know, if I know my latency won't go beyond this, or I know my bandwidth won't drop below this, does that, does that afford me more, uh, you know, a richer experience, uh, more features I couldn't get in before, uh, you know, or change the way, change something about the way the application works? Um, it, it's interesting. You're right to see that stuff sort of being hashed out at the moment, um, and then and now we have to wait and see what you know what comes to market. Um, I think I think in the IoT space and maybe in, maybe even in smart cities, we might actually. Um, start hearing about things that don't sound so incredibly blue sky, you know, that there's some, some real sort of maybe practical applications once this actually does um, roll out. Um, But that's where we are. That's what the event sort of, uh, you know, that that's, that's what I took away from it. Was there anything else that you uh, 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 wrote down that was uh, burning through your notebook? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was a lot of iterative stuff that I came across and some interesting discussions about, you know, how, different carriers are implementing different parts of it, uh, parts of 5G. And, you know, there was a speaker from Verizon who talked about, you know, the nitty gritty details of how they're connecting some of the antennas to the base stations and option two and option seven and this kind of stuff that, that you know, gets way deep into the design of the network. So uh, other than that, though, I wouldn't say that I took away a whole lot of big, there wasn't a lot of big ticket items for me this year. And I wonder if that's just a factor of like, it's hard to get things going now with the pandemic and, you know, there's just, uh, the generating news and and generating, you know, movement has been particularly hard this year, I think for everybody. Yeah. And I I think also to, to build on that thought, I think the, the, the ability to come to a big show like this and sort of proclaim, you know, a big milestone and say, and, and, you know, plan a flag and say in six months, we're going to do this in eight months, we're going to do this and whatever. I think everybody's pulled back from that because even in the financial statements, people have stopped giving guidance. They're just riding it out to see how long, you know, 
they can uh, make resources last and how quickly they can tighten up their supply chains and stuff like that. Um, and then of course, you know, there's a certain amount of political upheaval that's happening in the world as well. So they're, they're sort of bracing for, for that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very strange time to be changing the entire global communications industry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I feel that like sounds that's like exactly I just overstated it, but like, that's exactly what's happening right now to, yeah, to make anything big happen. Yeah, yeah, we should have we should have done this maybe five years ago, and it would have been a little a little easier to move through. Um, anyway, uh, 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 that's that's about as armchair quarterback as we could possibly get right now. Uh, Mike Dano, thanks for uh, for joining me, and thanks for being at the event. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. And please do look at the um, uh, well. First of all, subscribe to the podcast if you're just uh, uh, borrowing this from a friend. Uh, how dare you? Um, uh, go subscribe for real and get it for yourself. The second thing is, uh, uh, please sign up for our 5G weekly newsletter that's curated by Mr. Dano. And it is, uh, you know, your kind of weekly dose of the biggest headlines in 5G. So if the, if, if the day-to-day news gets to be too much, uh, we definitely have a speed that you might enjoy a little bit more once a week. And uh, we'll make sure you don't miss anything. That is all. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Avast, global leaders in digital security for network operators. We can build a safer digital world for your customers and their families. Discover more at avast.com slash partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot com slash partners.